Hey, Grace. Hey, Quinn. How are you today? I'm all right. How are you? I have absolutely no idea. How was class? Actually, I'm kind of mad, but like... Why are you mad? Tell me. So, today is February 8th, right? Yes. Um, which means that it's been seven months since um, our icon and queen, Miss Naya Marie Rivera, passed away, right? Exactly. It's like, sad day. Like um, on the day? But, yeah, like, oh. today is when she died because of her body, but like... She drowned, so um, you can't live more than a day in the water. Um, I learned that at lifeguarding training. <laughs> Anyways, um, so she's on like this YouTube TV show called Step Up High Water, and they like promised that they weren't gonna like they were gonna do like a tribute episode, and they like weren't gonna replace her. And today, on the anniversary of her passing, they announced that they've completely replaced her character with an entirely new actress. Are you kidding? So how are they supposed to do a tribute episode if they replace her with a new actress? And this is not a criticism of the actress. Like, that's not her fault. She took a job. Yeah. When When is she supposed to take a job? Like, the industry is not exactly booming at the moment. But, what? like, wow. why couldn't they just... Because Naya's character was, like, the love interest, I think. Um, why couldn't they just make a new love interest and do a tribute episode? Like, when Cory Monteith died, they didn't replace Finn because that would be wrong. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but 95% of the people that watch their show only watched it because of Naya. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Right yeah, everyone's really mad. All the like Glee Twitter and Instagram are like lighting up. Anyways, how are you today? I'm fine. I'm doing English class this week. Yeah. Love my English teacher so much. And Grace is obsessed with her English teacher. I think yeah. it's a thing. She's. Um, I'm obsessed with. I love her. She's really I nice, and I miss her. She's new. And this I, is the first day I, I met her. I can't go visit her. I can't go visit her because I'm not allowed downstairs. <laughs> so sad. But you also have this teacher for history, too, don't you? I do. It's okay. I get Miss Matchett back. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm actually going to cry when I get her back. Name drop. Not <laughs> watch her listen. Just kidding. Miss Matchett, if you're listening, please stop now. Hi, Miss Matchett. I don't want you to listen because you have to mark me on history and I don't want you to think that it's bad. Um, so we have an announcement. Do we? Basically, basically, I can't research properly. Um, <laughs> so we're taking Anne and we're going to do three parts and this is going to be our last part and she's going to die um, at the end of this like hour and a bit that you're listening to but um that made me sad yeah and I wanted to talk about her more and also I just I do like when I research I don't like try and scale it down I'm just like oh that looks fun let's put that in let's put that in let's put that in that's really bad and that's why Miss Ego understands um my word counts are always really really big yep (laughs) um but honestly it's okay because um I'm pretty sure that Anne Boleyn is an okay person to keep talking about because people actually care about her. True. So I honestly don't really care. So this episode is going right until Anne has like no friends and she's like all alone and she's at a very precarious position and she could fall at any moment. Fun. And we're going to pick up there in the next one and we're going to talk about basically April and May of 1536 because that is when we actually have the most documentation of her. So it's actually going to be a lot. 
So I would recommend if you're listening to this and our next episode is already out, or even if you're like listening to this and you're planning on listening to our next episode, I wouldn't listen to it unless you're good in a good headspace. Cause you know, she's going to like die. Yeah. And if you're not like obsessed with her, like in an unhealthy way, like I am, then maybe you'd be okay. (laughs) But like, it's just sad because she was a real human and she did nothing wrong. Yep. Nothing. And her daughter was bastardized and basically orphaned because Henry sucked. Actually, he was an okay dad to her after, like, she turned, like, ten. <laughs> but she's only two. <laughs> Poor baby. R.I.P. Speaking of Elizabeth, we are going to start by talking about her being born. Yay, Lizzie. So, she's a Virgo baby. Like me. Um, I don't, I didn't really, like, look, I actually did look into her, um, like, right, like, all of her, her entire chart, but that was, like, six months ago, and I forget, so, um, <laughs> don't, I don't know what her, like, other signs are, but she is a Virgo, um, that's, like, her whatever sign, her sun sign, yeah. um, and <laughs> honestly, I don't know. She's a bit crazy, but we love her, and she's an icon and a queen, obviously. But, like, you know, problematic, but also not nearly as problematic as a lot of people from that time. Because we got to take it within the context of the time. Did she murder two of her husbands? No, because she didn't have any. So (laughs) she's already doing better than dad. Okay, so on September 7th, 1533, so we left Anne heavily pregnant, and she thought that she was about to have a boy. Um, (laughs) Awkward. Went out, pops a girl. Um, (laughs) So at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Elizabeth was born. Anne had only taken to her chambers at Greenwich. So Greenwich, I think Henry was born at Greenwich, and I'm 99% sure that Mary was also born at Greenwich. So, um, Edward was not, but I don't like, I don't know if that was a conscious Henry going, I don't want my son to be born where my two daughters were because I feel like he'd want his son to be born where he was born. True. Yeah. So maybe like something happened or maybe they just went, okay, let's switch it up. But Elizabeth was born at Greenwich. Um, I don't know. Anne was in confinement. She, um, during her pregnancy, Henry might have taken a mistress because it's written about um, that Anne was, like, upset because she didn't really, she never had to deal with him having, like, a mistress before yeah. when she was queen because he was pretty faithful to her once they, once she actually said, okay, I'll do this with you. Um, so Anne gave birth to Elizabeth. <laughs> And it was not Edward, but she was named Elizabeth um, because both of her grandmothers were named Elizabeth. We can, like, assume that Henry wanted Elizabeth because of his mom, because he loved his mom, like, a lot. But Anne's mom was also still alive, and she, what we know, she had a good relationship with her mom. So it was probably the both of them were like, this is a good name for a princess. It is a princess's name. 
so let's choose this name because yeah it honors both of our families now do i think that henry would have named her elizabeth even if anne's mom was named like margaret or something yes 100 percent. but was henry's mom the queen also yes so (laughs) she's maybe a little more important in the grand scheme of things so the birth was straightforward like nothing really terrible happened like when jane seymour gave birth and they were like oh my gosh (laughs) the baby is not coming out what is happening (laughs) um Anne and Elizabeth were both fine after the birth um but unfortunately the baby was not the boy that the astrologers predicted or that Henry had thought that God would bless his new marriage with letters had already been written giving thanks to God for sending Anne good speed in the deliverance and bringing forth of a prince and they had to be altered an s (laughs) was like uh, two s's I guess but they might have also just spelled it wrong because they spelled things however they wanted then. Um, so they had to add the S's to make it princess, mm-hmm. which is a little awkward, um, but okay. A celebratory joust had been planned because that's what they did when a boy was born, but it was canceled. But it had also been canceled when Mary was born in 1516. So this is like, they don't have that for daughters. So it's not Henry being like, I'm mad at you because it was only a girl. I'm canceling the joust. It's literally just what they did. Because, you know, men rode in jousts. So I'm going to assume that they were like, it's a manly thing. Girls don't get it. Because Mary's birth was not a disappointment, like, at all. Because she was a healthy baby. So a herald also proclaimed the good news, like he was supposed to for a boy as well. Um, I to diem i don't know how to pronounce that it's latin um it was sung at the chapel royal and a lavish christening was planned henry spent a lot of money on elizabeth's christening like i think he wanted to be like (laughs) he definitely was trying to prove that this daughter her christening was more expensive than mary's because she was the more important daughter um technically in the terms of the law like she was so (laughs) okay yeah but he's definitely trying to outdo himself because you can bet that Mary's christening probably cost a lot of money. Because he was like, look, we have a healthy kid. Yeah. Um, the baby's gender may have been a disappointment. But she also gave them hope. Because Anne was like, she was born in 1501. She was only 32. My mom was 30 when she had me. And she was 32 when she had my brother. <laughs> like, she could have easily had another kid. Yeah. My, like, my aunt didn't have her first kid until she was like, 33 and then 34 like you can have kids until you're until you go through menopause and she hadn't yet um her birth showed that Anne was fertile because um she conceived like right after they started sleeping together like right away and she could carry a healthy baby to term um this (laughs) this will be proven wrong in the future but at the moment, there's hope for the future, and they think that sons could follow. We know Elizabeth now is Elizabeth I. She's the famous Tudor monarch who has gone down in history as the Virgin Queen and Gloriana, and she certainly was not a disappointment as a monarch. Take that, Henry. Take that. It's like that TikTok sound where it's like, take that, COVID. It's take that, Henry. Take that, um, <laughs> So, unfortunately, um, Anne got pregnant, like, right away again which is not unfortunate but um then you know things went wrong again so a dispatch from the 5th 28th of january 1534 which henry died like 
15 years later on that exact day. Um, oh. R.I.P. <laughs> um, it mentions Anne being pregnant, and this is backed up by a letter from George Taylor to Lady Lyle um, dated the 7th of April, which Taylor writes in, The Queen hath a goodly belly, praying our Lord to send us a prince. Also in that Ju- the July of that year, George, like Lord Rochford, Anne's mm-hmm. brother, was sent to France to ask for a postponement of a meeting between Henry and Francis because Anne was so far gone with child she could not cross the sea with the king. There is yet another mention of Anne's pregnancy in a letter from Chapuis dated the 27th of July. Also, Eric Ives writes of how there is evidence that Henry ordered a silver cradle decorated with precious stones and Tudor roses from Cornelius Hayes, his goldsmith, in April 1534, and he would not have spent money on such a cradle if he was not sure that Anne was pregnant, because he might have been very, very laced with his money, but, like, he's not that dumb. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, this pregnancy is obviously, like, very, very full to term Mm -hmm. um, when she miscarried or had a stillbirth or whatever, because she, they think that she conceived, like, around, like, November, um, which is two months after Elizabeth was born. Um, (laughs) So once again, she is conceiving very quickly. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So she's conceiving. She's just not doing well at, like, carrying it. But, like, (laughs) that's really sad to be that far and then not getting it. But we don't actually know pregnancy because we have no reports of a stillbirth or a miscarriage. Some people think it was a false pregnancy that was caused by stress and longing. Um, Chapuis suggests that it may have been a false pregnancy in his letter dated the 27th of September, 1534, where he says, since the king began to doubt whether his lady was in, like, with child or not, he has renewed and increased the love he formerly had for a beautiful damsel of the court. <laughs> that is, I think, supposed to be, like, in the Tudors, how it's Eleanor Luke. But Eleanor Lake didn't actually exist in real life. It was just, like, a mistress, so they made up a name. Oh, I see. Um, however, one of Anne's, like, most prominent guys, he's, like, really good. He doesn't believe in the false pregnancy theory because Anne wasn't under any undue pressure at this time since she had literally just given the king a baby two right. months before, and she still had every hope that she would conceive easily again. Like, when Catherine had, like, that false pregnancy i think it was also like a gas or something like (laughs) when mary had the false pregnancy in like 1555 or whatever it was because she wanted a baby so desperately because she didn't want elizabeth to succeed to the throne and she also just really really wanted a baby she was so stressed out right um so anne is not under that kind of stress right now (laughs) elizabeth is the heir they think that she'll give like she'll have a son but henry's not going to get mad at her if she doesn't conceive right away after like yeah he's not that nasty um eric eyes believes that anne miscarried because there's no record of anne having ever taken to her chamber for like a confinement so that means that she wouldn't have had a stillbirth because in a stillbirth you do like go into labor and then you just the baby isn't alive yeah Another thing that happened in 1534 was the Act of Succession. It's called the 1534 Act of Succession or the First Act of Succession. Um, At the time, it was referred to only as the Act of Succession. But in 1544, he made another one that made Elizabeth and Mary in, like, line to the throne again. 
So the first act of succession was a key step in Henry's like repudiation of Catherine of Aragon because it recognized Elizabeth, his daughter with Anne, as the true heir to the throne until, of course, a son was born. And it made Mary, his daughter with Catherine, officially a bastard. Well, the Church of England had already declared the same thing, like back in 1533, this act of parliament, because parliament is like the people, it bound the people much more directly. Um, Yeah, so people were kind of like pissed. Also, I think I think it was this act of succession that made Anne the regent if Henry ever went away. Which, you know what? Pop off, queen. That's some good power for you. Um, it would also mean that if Henry died, she would be Elizabeth's regent, which would not be a good position for her to be in because Elizabeth would be a toddler and no one liked her. So she would have been easily overthrown and Mary would have taken over. Once I read a fan fiction where Henry died, um, but I didn't ever finish it because it was like 240 chapters longer than this. Um, but it was incredibly well written and you people should go find it. There's not that many tutors stories on fanfiction.net, so I'm sure you could easily find it. Basically, it was like Anne and Cromwell had to team up because if, because Henry died in like the jousting accident, so Elizabeth is like, no, he didn't die in the jousting accident. He got upset with the jousting accident or something. Anne had like just miscarried and he drove he like rode to the Seymour's house and somehow he like died in like a river. I don't even remember. I think Charles him. Um and so something happened to him, but like the whole thing was that Anne and Cromwell had to like join forces because only together would they ever like the two of them be able to stay in power because Anne's trying to like protect her daughter. Yeah. And then Mary was also trying to um <laughs> overthrow them. <laughs> so she yeah, it was like a whole thing. I Honestly, it was really, really good, but I just couldn't finish it because it was too long and I got bored. Um, this act of succession was like a formidable weapon because it required every single, every single English man to swear an oath to recognize this act as well as the, as the King's supremacy and the head of Church of England. Those who refused, like Sir Thomas More and Bishop John Fisher, would be guilty of treason and executed. So Sir Thomas More was okay with swearing that elizabeth was the heir to the throne and anne was the queen because he said that like yeah whatever henry has the power to decide that because he can decide who his heir is that's not like he can't control that but he wouldn't sign the part that said that henry was the supreme head of the church of england like i can't do that i don't want to damn my soul i don't like sir thomas more so i'm sorry to all the catholics because he is a saint now um, but i don't like him he was like really he burned a lot of Protestants and stuff. Fun. Um, yeah, like Mary didn't sign the oath. She didn't sign the oath until after Anne died. Our girl. Once again, Mary's being stubborn, but you know what? I probably would have been stubborn too. I just think that she should have signed it earlier. She had, if she had signed it as soon as it came out she probably would have been recognized at court and would have been put back into Henry's good graces. Side note, Mary is serving Elizabeth at Hatfield at the moment. I didn't really record that because that was like Henry's decision, not Anne's, but it is like a myth that Anne did it on purpose to um, like make Henry mad and show how much power she had 
and make Catherine upset and show that she was more powerful than Catherine and that Mary should, like, should submit to her. But really, Henry did it and was a bystander, which, as we all learned in our anti-bullying, that is also, like, just as bad. But she wasn't the one that actually made the decision. So yeah, don't say that she did because so she didn't. Less of an offense. Yeah, like, I mean, he's the king. It's not like you're on the playground with, like, your grade one friend and your grade one friend is like, ew, you're ugly. And you just, like, stand there and let this child bully another child. He's the king. Like, it's a little different. Okay, so Henry and Anne's marriage is rapidly falling apart. His quote-unquote blind and wretched passion had rapidly subsided. <laughs> and okay, from the time well yeah he's very passionate but then he's like no it's idealized devalued discard we've gone over this um yeah. from the time of Anne's first pregnancy following true to his previous form with Catherine he had taken mistresses and he told her to shut her eyes and endure as more worthy persons had done which is um a call out to Catherine Henry Henry has a habit of referencing the mean things that he'd done to his previous wives with his current wives like when he told Jane Seymour remember yeah. what happened to the last queen it's like give me a son or else you know what happens she's like Henry Henry do you think that you could pardon the rebels please and he's like do you remember what happened to the last queen she tried to meddle in my affairs he's like sorry she's like okay you're an abuser um so this was a cruel and humiliating comparison for Anne with the dignified Catherine of Aragon. And he also told her that she ought to know that he could at any time lower her just as much as he had raised her. This was to the woman whom he had friend, frenzied, frenziedly pursued for at least seven years and for whom he had risked excommunication and war. The woman who had been the great love of his life and was the mother of his heir. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, despite all the years of waiting and long, there had been much coldness and grumbling between the couple since their marriage, because to Henry, um, Anne, once she had been one, was a disappointment to him, kind of. Um, she wasn't born to be a queen. She was born to be, like, at maybe. Yeah. She's the second daughter. Like, she's not even the first daughter. <laughs> so... <laughs> Like, what is she getting out of this? Um, So she wasn't educated to be a queen. Yes, she got that amazing education in continental Europe, but they were educating her to be a nobleman's wife. They were not educating her to be the queen of England. They would never have done that. She found it difficult, if not basically impossible, um, to make the transition from the mistress with the upper hand to a compliant and deferential wife, which Mm -hmm. was what the king once married now expected of her. Um, that's not to say that she was like the shrew that popular culture upholds her to be. Like she wasn't like calling him out in front of everyone and like yelling at him all the time necessarily. But um, she definitely wasn't as quiet as Catherine had been, and Henry didn't really like that. Years of frustration of holding Henry off while waiting for a favorable papal decision that never came had taken their toll on her as well as the king and they had made her haughty overbearing kind of shrewish um and volatile which like not like a bunch 
Also, all this research is from Lady in the Tower by Alison Weir, and she's you have to take everything that she says with a grain of salt because she's very. <laughs> I don't know. It's very weird. She's like very anti-progressive. I don't know. She does really, really, really good research, so you can trust a lot of what she says. But like, sometimes she's kind of mean. Like she really she writes Catherine Howard off as like a slut, basically, and Rude. that's not really fair. Um. Yeah. So Henry expected her to be meek and submissive, not defiant and outspoken, because when they were courting, she was like one of the boys, you know, like he could hang out with her and talk to her just like he talked to his friends. But once they got married, he didn't want to do that anymore. He wanted he was a conventional husband. Um, He didn't want a wife that was his equal. He wanted one who was his um lower i mean technically he's the king so like she is ranked lower than him even though she's the queen but yeah george wyatt observed that rather than upbraiding him for his like infidelities and stuff Anne would have done better to follow the general liberty and custom of the age by suffering a dignified silence sounds so much fun i am so glad i don't live then <laughs> like i i feel like i would be not having the most fun time there um, the conventional expressions of devotion in the act of succession, he was like, oh, our wonderful queen, our amazing queen. They concealed the fact that Henry was already kind of tired of his wife. Um, Pastor Antoine de Castle, Castelnau, Bishop of Tarbes, reported in October 1535 that his regard for the queen is less than it was and diminishes every day. According to a French poem written by the diplomat Lancelot de Carles in June 1536, the king daily cooled in his affection. Now, like, keep in mind that was written out. So they're not going to really paint her nicely. Um, he was seen to be unfaithful, suspicious, and increasingly distant towards Anne, and her influence had been eroded. Nevertheless, any quarrel or estrangement between them had so far ended in reconciliation. Like, no matter how many times they fought, they kept <laughs> coming back to each other. Because love and hate are very, very similar emotions and feelings. Yes. Um, so this led many, even Chapuis, to conclude that this king still remained to a degree enthralled to his wife. He said, quote-unquote, When the lady wants something, there is no one who dares contradict her, not even the king himself. Because when he does not want to do what she wishes, she behaves like someone in a frenzy. Honestly... <laughs> Same. Um, I feel like Anne and Santana Lopez are similar. They are in many ways. I, I would just like to say that, and I think that if I went on to open psychometrics and looked at their personality things, I'm looking at that right now. I don't even care anymore. We're taking a short break. Um, okay. Myers. There we go. Can't wait to meet you. Join the animatronic family. I love this musical interlude. Yeah. What the heck is going on, my friends? Um, okay. I don't even remember which one I used. Okay, let's just search it up. Because <laughs> I don't want to. I, I literally just spell her name Satana. Sorry, Santana. But you know what? Her zodiac sign? No, her Myers Briggs. <laughs> Are we looking up their um, personality? Yes, I love that. Yes. Um. 
I found it. I found the one that we used. Okay. She's an ESTP. Um, apparently. Who? Santana or Anne? Santana. That's like extroverted. Wait. It's like I I is introverted. E is extroverted. Um, S is sensing. Sensing, and then F is feeling. T is thoughts. F is feeling. J is judging. But that doesn't matter. Yeah, that's not part of it. He is. Yeah, she's ESTP. And then here we go. Come back. Join the animatronic family. Come down. Oh my god, you look just like Shakira. No, no, I'm Catherine Zeta. Actually, my name is Marina. This is not working. I can't find Anne. <laughs> She's not showing up. There she <laughs> is. Okay, wait. What was Santana? E S. Um, what did you say? ESTJ, maybe. I thought you said ESTP. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. She okay in her historical self. She's an ENFP. In sixth, the musical. She's an ESFP. In um the in Wolf Hall and the other Berlin girl, she's an ENTJ, which makes sense because those are the ones where she's like the most mean. In the tutors, she's an ENFJ, not Natalie Dormer having the same personality type as Anne Boleyn in the tutors. <laughs> R.I.P. You, my girl. They're yeah, they're 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 similar. You're welcome for that diversion, everyone. I love that. Um. Okay. Then. Anne and Henry are fighting, and guess who comes in? <laughs> Jane Seymour. <laughs> Ew. I hate her. I honestly, Jane Seymour, you can leave right now. Um, so it was perhaps during a royal progress to the West Country in the autumn of 1535 that Henry's eye um lighted upon Jane Seymour. She was one of Anne's maids of honor. She'd been one of Catherine's maids of honor. Um, she's related to Anne. She's like her second cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly when without the queen, I guess. I don't know. I've read sometimes that she was there. But anyways, they're on progress. And he visited the Seymour's family home, Wolf Hall, in Somerset in early September. He'd known Jane for years, obviously, because she was at court in the service of both of his wives. And she had received New Year's gifts. Um, it may be that he had fancied her for some time already or that their affair had begun prior to this, but there's no evidence for that. In early October, the Bishop of Tarbes, having heard gossip or observed Henry and Jane together, observed that the King's love for Anne diminishes every day because he has new loves. So Jane is moving on in. Jane is about 28 at this time. We don't know because once again, history is a bag of fill in the blank um <laughs> and she's we don't know when she was born i mean she was born to like a family that's like even less than Anne's. so we don't really know anything like why would they care enough to write down the year she was born <laughs> yeah sorry sorry jane sorry but not but, sorry <laughs> sorry not sorry but what i said, I said. yeah um she was still unwed because her father didn't have the money to provide her with a rich dowry and she also wasn't like that much of a cat (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, according to Shapui's later description, literally, I'm pretty sure Jane was married to the king by then, and he liked Jane. This is how he described her. She is of middle stature and no great beauty, so fair that one would call her rather pale than otherwise. <laughs> Shapui, that's not very nice to say about your friend. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he actually like really liked her, but he definitely saw her as someone that was going to bring Catholicism back and restore Mary, which were his two main goals. <laughs> Jane was Anne's opposite in nearly every way. Where Anne was slender and dark, Jane was plump and fair. Where Anne was witty and feisty, Jane was studiedly humble and demure. Honestly, <laughs> she just she just bothers me so much because Anne was not trying to catch the king. The like, king ow. caught her. Jane went, oh, how did the last one get him? Okay, I'm going to kind of do that. But I'm actually going to do it on purpose. <laughs> no, Jane. That's not okay. We don't Baby do those Jane. things to people. Honestly, I only like you in Six the Musical and in The Tudors in Season 3. That is it. Ha. I don't even really like... She's like my least favorite queen in <laughs> Six the Musical, too. Yeah, sorry, Jane. I love you, Natalie May Paris, because you are Jane. Oh. So, like... <laughs> I don't want to be rude to you, but, like, Jane is kind of boring. Yeah. R.I.P. Um, okay, so Henry and Jane have now met each other, and they're maybe not, like, super-duper in love yet, but they're definitely getting they there. They will be. On the 24th of January, 1536, which is my dog's birthday. Happy birthday, Zoe. Um, yeah, and also my cousin's birthday. <laughs> But my dog comes first. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's my cousin's birthday. It's one of the boys. It's one of the ones that's a year younger than me. But, yeah. So it was the 24th of January, 1536. 1536 was not Henry's year. And let's just say that right now because he was not having a good time in 1536. Like, not his year at all. Uh, he was unhorsed. He's jousting. He's unhorsed. He's unhorsed by his opponent. During the joust at Greenwich. Once again, we're at Greenwich. Um, I think they really liked that palace. Obviously, they just have their daughter born there. So (laughs) they liked it well enough. But I think they really liked Greenwich. I don't think Greenwich exists anymore. Which is really sad. But yeah, I'm like 99% sure it it no longer exists. So on the eve, this is like a quote again. On the eve of the conversion of St. Paul, the king being mounted on a great horse to run at the lists, and both fell so heavily that everyone thought it a miracle he was not killed, but he sustained no injury. Now, we do know that, like, he did sustain injury, uh-huh. but he didn't die. So, honestly, I'm really, I'm really glad that he didn't die, because I'm pretty sure Anne might have ended up killed either way, so... Because he's leaving a toddler and Anne in charge of the country if he does that. And, like, over half of the country doesn't think that the toddler should be the next queen. So, it's not really working. Also, at this moment, Anne is pregnant. So, like, maybe it's a boy. But then the country gets a baby. At least Elizabeth is already two. (laughs) Um, So, Henry's 44, and he was dressed in full armor. Um, Susanna Lipscomb, who, if, like, anyone who's listening watches documentaries and stuff she's in a lot of them she's like pretty well known she's the author of 1536 the year that changed henry the eighth 
and she pointed out that the speed of the gallop at the charge, his heavy armor, the height of Henry's great horse, and weight if the large-mailed animal fell on him, and the blow of his opponent's lance combined to make this a very serious accident. It is no wonder that the king was unconscious for two hours. <laughs> like, honestly, I would also be unconscious if a horse fell on yes. me. So, Henry, I don't like you, but I do kind of feel bad that a horse fell on you because that doesn't sound very fun. Remember when that horse stepped on Esme's foot in, like, grade Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think it was grade five because we were friends then. Oh, Esme, I love you now if you're listening to this. But we fought a lot in grade six, and I think you also know this. Um, But yeah, a horse stepped on her foot, and that was, like, bad enough. Um, I don't think that a horse falling on you would be very fun. Also, I don't think that Esme's horse is probably as big as the massive horse that Henry had to wear, had to use, because he was, like, pretty large. Like, even before he, like, got bigger, he was already, like, over six feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> Esme was 10 years old and she was not a tall child. Um, four days later, on the 29th of January, nothing happened in my family on the 29th of January. Um, and Miss carried a male child which she had not born three and a half months. So this was only five days after the king had celebrated his justin accident, which was a reminder for him of his mortality, and his hopes of a legitimate male heir were now dashed. He must have surely thought that the history was repeating itself, um, that there was something wrong with this marriage, too. This part is from the Anne Boleyn files, which I love them. Claire is amazing. She's still posting, and she started it, like, over 10 years ago. So, thanks, Claire. <laughs> um, all three main contemporary sources state that Anne miscarried her baby, and two of them state that it was a boy and that it was at the three-and-a-half-month mark. Now, you cannot tell the gender of a baby at three and a half months. <laughs> I don't think that you can. Like, I'm 90% sure that it's like the five month scan where you find out what gender your baby is. I'm searching it up. How early can you? Yeah, it literally pops up when I type in how early can you? <laughs> yeah, 18, 18 to 21 weeks. But the sex may be determined by ultrasound as early as 14 weeks. So that would be like that would be like three and a half months, but like they say that like it really wouldn't be easy. <laughs> <laughs> and I I don't think that they have like good enough technology to be able to tell. Like I don't know. Yeah, I hope I, it was a boy because I mean actually I don't even hope it was a boy because that'd be even worse if it was a girl. Like they wouldn't be that happy with another girl. So, um. I don't know how to say this guy's name, so I'm just going to say someone else. Credits to you, my dude. But, um, yeah, I can't pronounce your name. Riothsley. Riothsley? I'm not British. These names are confusing. Um, I mean, I am, but, like, I don't live there. And I haven't, my family hasn't lived there for, like, 100 years. So calm yourselves. Um, he goes on to put forward the idea that the miscarriage was caused by Anne's suffering, suffering shock at the news of Henry's dosing accident as does Chapuis. Um, the dates differ with Chapuis stating that it happened in the tw- on the 20th of January. Edward Hall says February, and our friend Rioth Sully says the 30th of January. Um, Raphael Hollenshed says that it was the 29th, but we can assume that it definitely happened at the end of January. Most people say the 29th because we have two main sources that do that. Okay. <clears throat> in the novel, The Other Boleyn Girl, 
everyone's favorite book to hate in the um, historical fiction fandom. Because, she, okay, the thing is, you can write historical fiction and you can make it, like, inaccurate, but you have to own up to the fact that it's inaccurate and say that you, like, you say, I made this part up. Philippa Gregory tries to say that, like, she's, like, a historian. I think she is, but she tries to say that, like, everything that she puts in her books, like, it's all based on complete fact. Yeah. I think that she had some problems. If she has sisters, I feel like she hated them or they hated her or something because Anne and Mary, Anne is such, I'm sorry, I'm going to swear once because I'm pretty sure we can swear one time and keep our like PG writing. She is such a bitch in the other Belinda. She is so mean. She is a villain. Um, Have you read the book? No, but I've heard what you've said. Massive. It's massive. Um, It's like 400, 500 pages long, but it is really good because so many people read it and then they get really into the time period. Um, see, I did that with Elizabeth first, the Red Rose, um, the Royal Diaries. <laughs> Some people do Philippa Gregory. I do that. So the Philippa Gregory is the Walmart version. I don't know what to tell you. But in the other Boleyn girl, Anne has intercourse with her brother to make this baby um yeah and so this is she miscarries quote 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 a baby horridly malformed with a spine flayed open and a huge head twice as large as the spindly little body gross but okay (laughs) now obviously this is just a novel but gregory used the work of historian retha warnick as a source she's not really um a good source i don't think (laughs) um in the rise of fall and of Anne Boleyn, and also her essay "Sexual Heresy at the Court of Henry VIII," and this lady thinks that Anne did miscarry a deformed fetus. First of all, it's like three and a half months along. I feel like all fetuses look weird at three and a half months. They aren't babies yet. Yeah, they're not a human, so they're not going to look like a human. Obviously. <laughs> Um, but Warnick puts forward the idea that Anne's miscarriage was a factor in her fall because it was no ordinary miscarriage and it was an unforgivable act. She thinks that the fetus was deformed. I don't know how she thinks that she wasn't there. Um, unless maybe she was. So did she invent time travel? Uh-huh. Um, she thinks that this was seen as an evil omen and a sign that Anne had committed illicit sexual acts or been involved in witchcraft. She believes this because... Anne was charged with committing incest with her brother, George, who Warnick believes was Mark Smeaton's lover. Um, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> um, Anne was charged with adultery with Sne- Smeaton, Norris, Brereton, and Weston, who Warnick believes to have been suspected of violating the buggery statute, which is like the one where you can't have like gay sex, but also you're not allowed to have um, anything that's not like the missionary position and... Uh, like self-pleasure is also not allowed so i don't think that if she thinks that i don't know she's saying that all of them were loving it up on the um with each other but i don't know um there seems to have been a delay between the miscarriage and the news being announced which to her shows that there's something odd about it chapuis did not report it until the 10th of february 1536 but maybe like they just didn't really announce it and he didn't figure it out (laughs) Like, maybe he wasn't there. I don't know. Maybe he was sick. I don't know. (laughs) 
Um, from late July, the counselors apparently moved to protect Henry's honor by leaking bad information about his consort before the public announcement of her miscarriage, so that the sin would be seen as Anne's and not the king's. Mm. Um, whatever. Deformities or things like birthmarks were actually thought, like in the time, to have been caused by things the mother had seen during pregnancy, rather than the parents necessarily committing a sexual sin. Seeing a hair, for example, was thought to result in a baby being born with a hair lip. Eating strawberries was thought to result in a strawberry birthmark. And deformities were thought to have been caused by shocks or sudden frights. So even if, like, she had had a deformed baby, they would have all thought it was because Henry had just been crushed by a horse <laughs> and she thought he was going to die. Um, also, by seeing ugly sights or pictures or by having contact with animals. She has a dog, Percoid, that's going to fall out the window. Um, so she was with animals. But yeah, these are really superstitious times. The only source anyway for Anne actually miscarrying a deformed fetus is Nicholas Sander, who is a Catholic um, refugee writing in the reign of Anne's daughter, Elizabeth. He had to like leave because Elizabeth didn't want Catholic people in her book, in her like country or maybe he just didn't want to live under her i don't know um so he his his book the origin um ac this is all latin ac progressu schismatis anglicani i have no idea um was published in 1585 and it was translated from latin into english by david lewis in 1877 as rise and growth of the anglican schism in the English translation, Sander wrote of Anne's miscarriage, the time had now come when Anne was again to be a mother, but she brought forth only a shapeless mass of flesh. It's a three and a half month old fetus. What do you like, think is going to happen? <laughs> but also he wasn't there. Um, he wasn't born until 1530. So why would he have been there? He was like six. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, you're making this up, my dude. Um, Sander went on to write of how Anne blamed Henry for the miscarriage, crying, See how well I must be since the day I caught that abandoned woman, Jane, sitting on your knees. But he did not attempt to explain the shapeless mass or give any more details. Um, probably if he thought it was important and suggestive of sin or witchcraft, he would have mentioned it um, because he doesn't want... <laughs> he has every reason to blacken the name of Elizabeth and her mother because he's a Catholic exile. And he's writing much later. As Professor Eric Ives pointed out, no deformed fetus was mentioned at the time or later in Henry's reign, despite Anne's disgrace. So once Anne was dead, they all could have talked about it all the time. Yeah. I mean, they weren't really supposed to talk about Anne near Henry, but I'm sure that he, like, there's times when he's not there when they could have written about it. Um, nor was it mentioned in Mary's reign when there was literally every motive and opportunity to blacken Anne and she would not care. Um, <laughs> Ives concludes that it was as little worthy of credence as his assertion that Henry was Anne's father. That's a whole nother story. Um, yeah, basically, this guy says that Thomas Boleyn pimped out all of his female relatives. So he actually pimped out his wife to Henry. And Anne was Henry's kid. That wouldn't work. <laughs> but okay. um, Elizabeth would have been very, very, very not okay. If they had been father and daughter. Anyways. Anne had literally everything about this says that she had miscarried of her savior. Because if this baby had been born as a boy, 
Maybe if it was yeah. a girl, I would have given her like an extra gear. But if it was a boy, Henry could never have killed her. Um, yeah. Anne also told Henry that he had no one to blame but himself for this latest disappointment, which had been caused by her distress of mind about that wench Seymour. Chapuis also says that she averred that because the love she bore him was greater than the late queen's, her heart broke when she saw that he loved others. At this remark, the king was much grieved. That's when um, the tutors, after she miscarries and he comes in, she's like, the love I bear you is so great. It broke my heart to see you love another. And he's just like, I'm leaving. And then she like dry sobs again. And once again, I cry. Yeah. Honestly, Natalie, where is your Emmy? Where is, where it? is it? Hand it over. Where is it? To her. Someone give it to her right now. That's not like there's any like really great TV shows coming out right now. Give it to her for something that happened over 10 years ago. <laughs> Um, according to Jane Dormer, what, this is one of Anne's, like, maids, which is really cool, because Natalie is probably related to that lady, because she is British, and this lady is British, and Dormer is not exactly, in my, like, experience, a common name. (laughs) Um, I mean, it could be really common in England, but she'd still probably be, she'd still be related to her somehow. Um, Jane Dormer's brother actually was supposed to marry Jane Seymour. Oh. But then their parents were like, no, you don't bring us any money. We are getting someone who's better. (laughs) R.I.P. Jane's confidence. Everyone is so mean to her. But according to Jane Dormer, um, Henry actually softened and willed her to pardon him and said he would not displease her in that kind thereafter. But this is at variance with what George Wyatt said, which was that Henry angrily told Anne that he would have no more boys by her. And I mean, if Anne is like kind of friends with Thomas Wyatt, she might actually have known this. Or if like Thomas Wyatt and George are friends, Anne told George, yeah. you know. Um, this is more in keeping with Chapuis' account of the conversation as well, in which he states that the king scarcely said anything to her, except that he saw clearly that God did not wish to give him male children. And in leaving her, he told her, as if for spite, that he would speak to her after she was up. That's what he says in the tutors, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> then he said um, that with much ill grace, he left her. Um, these parting shots sounded really ominous, and you can only imagine how Anne felt. But Chapuis was credibly informed that she put on a brave face and told her weeping attendants that it was all for the best because she would sooner be with child again. And that the son she bore would not be doubtful like this one, which had been conceived during the life of the late queen, thereby acknowledging a doubt about the bastardy Mm. of her daughter. And also her awareness that some people still regarded Catherine as Henry's only lawful wife and did not recognize her own marriage. Okay, this is the last part of this episode. We're going to talk about the events leading up to May 1536. Oh, no. So, the first thing that happened to make Anne's position weaker was Catherine of Aragon died. Um, she died at the beginning of January. She had cancer. Um, that's what most people think now, like actual credible, like scientists and stuff. Um, even though at the time, some people thought that Anne poisoned her because she had like a growth on her heart, but that is called a tumor. Um, (laughs) yeah, basically Henry killed her because he sent her to nasty places, um, where her health did not do well in, (laughs) But now that Catherine's dead, and must have realized, because she's very smart, um, that with Catherine dead, the legions of people who had never recognized her own marriage to Henry now regarded him as a widower who was free to take another wife. Basically, they think that right now Henry's living with his mistress, 
because but she's not really like his mistress she's like his partner but they're not yeah. married um because Catherine's dead now so he can get remarried so um if Henry and Anne had remarried like in like January after Catherine died they did like a renewing of their vows or something then all those people would have recognized Anne as the queen I don't think they would have recognized Elizabeth as the heir yeah. but Anne would have been queen and if she had had another kid they would have recognized that kid as yeah the heir but the thing is, Henry and Anne aren't going to do that because that's, like, admitting that they were wrong. Yeah. They're they're not going to do that because that's not how it works, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, Henry was really highly suggestible. Um, as she well knew, you just had to suggest something to him. And if he wanted to do it, he'd be like, yeah, that was my idea. My idea. All mine. Yeah. I take um, credit. His, all mine. I hate people like that. Um, his passion had cooled. And so far, she had failed to bear that vital mare air despite all that he'd done and the great upheavals that he had initiated to marry her. Um, so she must have been aware that much depended on the life in her womb and she could not fail Henry another time. Unfortunately, she did. Um, but I don't think she was failing Henry because he can he shut can. up. He really can. Um, well, Catherine lived, he would not have contemplated putting Anne away for that would have been tantamount to admitting that he was wrong to marry her and that Catherine was his true wife, to whom the greater part of Christendom would then press him to return. As far back as early 1535, um, he had actually privately inquired if his second marriage were annulled, like if, it had, if he had gotten rid of Anne, um, whether his first would thereby be considered valid. And he'd asked Master Secretary Cromwell whether it would be possible to set Anne aside without returning to Catherine. I'm going to say Cromwell probably said, no, your people would not think that looked nice. Um, Anne did not have Henry, Catherine's powerful friends. Catherine has a lot of powerful friends. She was queen for 24 years before she got set aside. Her nephew is the emperor of Spain and the Holy Roman Emperor. She has her family is married into all the different royal houses. She's got it going yeah. on, you know? Anne is from the Bullen Howard family, but she's alienated a lot of the Howard family. She and her Duke of Norfolk uncle are not really speaking anymore. And he's the most powerful. He's the head of the Howard family. So not doing the greatest. Um, so Anne didn't have her powerful friends. And she really didn't have very many friends at all. Uh, same. same. Girl. It's fine. We have each other. <laughs> that's okay. Um, yeah. But I can't see you. You I don't know, even go to my really school. <laughs> and I can't see the people that are my friends in my class because we have assigned True. seating. And we're not allowed to get up to Wait, go talk to people. Do you not get to, to pick your seats on the first day and then just sit there for the rest of it? Nope. It's computer really? generated. We always get to pick our seats and yep. we just stay there. Oh, believe me. I have done that every single class I've ever had in high school. It's just this one teacher. Oh. Um, we're also rotating our... It's being re-randomized every week in a pandemic. That's <laughs> But it's fine. Whatever. Just sucks because I can't talk to my friends. And what is the point of going back to school if I yeah. can't see my friends? Anyways, Anne doesn't have very many friends. Um, so there's few people to champion her cause. And the outcome would be alarmingly predictable. Like, Henry's going to be able to do what he wants. Um, without Henry, Anne would be an derision, calumny, and hatred. No one likes her. And her very life might well be at risk. <laughs> well, it is anyways. But whatever. <laughs> Um, so why can't Anne have another baby? Chapuis thought that she had a defective constitution and she was unable to bear children. 
Um, although the possible nature of her problem was unknown to 16th century medical science because it wasn't identified until 1940. Um, Anne's first pregnancy resulted in a healthy child, but her three subsequent pregnancies ended in stillbirths, one at full term. So there's like a theory that she was one of the few women who are racist negative. Um, problems can arise when a man's blood is are positive and his partner's is are negative. They don't occur in a first pregnancy, but during that labor, tiny amounts of the baby's blood can cross the placenta into the mother's bloodstream. And if the baby is um, rhesus positive, then the mother becomes sensitized to these harmful antibodies. So in any succeeding pregnancies, the mother's antibodies will pass through the placenta into the baby's blood. And then they recognize this baby as foreign. And so they try to break down its red blood cells. So basically it like kills the baby. Right. Um, so a lot of people think that Henry um, was our positive because it would make sense because both Jane and Anne, like we think that Jane only had one pregnancy um, and she had a healthy kid. And Anne had a healthy kid in her first try. Catherine had, I think her first daughter was stillborn. But the thing mm. is that yeah. um, the kids could have, like, been um, our... So yeah. she could have, Catherine's, like, blood wouldn't have been, like, sensitized to it or whatever. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't attack it. Um, it doesn't mean that it's, like, true, but that's just, like, a theory. Um, Anne also could have like Anne and Catherine could have had problems with conceiving, but Anne did not have any problems with conceiving. She just had problems with carrying kids to turn. Yeah. Um, but nowadays the, this condition, if she had it and if Henry had it, because he also is helping, um, it can be diagnosed and it can be treated by blood tests and transfusions. So if you have this, don't like freak out. Freak out. They can You're make good. it work. Um, but in Anne's day, it would have invariably resulted in stillbirths. Um, unless, I guess, the baby wasn't our positive. Because <laughs> I don't know. Um, we're still, for Henry and Anne's dynastic hopes, if she had had this condition, she never would have born another living child unless it was, like, the negative. But I feel like most of the time it's supposed to be positive. I don't know. It's confusing. Read up on it if you want. Just search up, like, Henry racist blood theory or something. I don't know. Okay, so... And they are going to talk about how Anne is hated. <laughs> That's, like, real fun for you, my dude. Um, my gosh. At Poor this Anne. stage, there was no cohesive anti-Boleyn faction. Because um, we're in, like, January, February. That comes, like, April. Um, Chapuis' hatred of Anne was shared by many, both at court and in the kingdom at large. Those who would become his natural allies in his continuing and relentless campaign to bring down Anne and her faction were Sir Francis Bryan, He's friends with the Seymours. Pretty sure he's the one with the eye patch and the tutors. Um, <laughs> but his mom is, I think, Elizabeth's governess. So I don't really know why he's so mad, but whatever. Your mom is literally in like one of the top positions for a woman in the country. Um, Sir Nicholas Carew, the Seymours, wonder why. Um, members of the quote white rose families like because henry is the red rose because he's a lancaster these are families who are descended mm-hmm. from the yorkist kings of england i mean technically henry is not lancaster because he's a mixture he's that tutor rose look at him go um but his dad was a white rose right. most huh? notably the courtenays um which are led by the marquess of exeter william courtenay i think was one of the ones that was in <laughs> i think he was the one that was in the relationship with thomas Tallis in the oh. <laughs> 
our best friend. Um, and the Poles, um, Margaret Pole was Mary's governess, and Reginald Pole is the one that um, thinks that he should be king in the Tudors where we are right now. Because in two months. Um, yeah. And later, the Poles, um, Geoffrey Pole, Geoffrey Pole, he would express the view that the king had been caught in the snare of unlawful love with the Lady Anne. Geoffrey, um, yeah, he basically, like, he he's a whole nother story. Go look him up if you want to. Um, the humanist courtier, I don't know, Sir Thomas Elliot, um, he was the former ambassador to Charles V, so Catherine's nephew. Um, he was also a friend to the late Sir Thomas More, and he was a secret sympathizer with Queen Catherine. Um, Catholic right-wingers who resented the reforming Anne and her supporters and anyone else who cherished a secret sympathy for Catherine of Mar- and for Mary, who was regarded by many as Henry's rightful heir. And, of course, Mary herself. Our girl hates Anne, but at the moment, she is not letting that poison her love for Elizabeth. So, honestly, pop off, pop off for oh, that, wait. because she's a teenager. She is a teenager, actually. She don't do a lot. She's, she's like, 20 now, but... She's still a baby. Um, I mean, Catherine Howard was probably younger than that when she got killed, but whatever. Um, Anne was deeply unpopular. Popular, popular. I can't talk. With the people of England, um, they all hated her pretty much. She and her faction were perceived to be responsible for the harsh and rigorously enforced laws that passed in recent years for promoting heresy and radical religious change for the deterioration of England's relations with other European powers and for the slump in hitherto lucrative trade with the empire. This is not really fair at all because Anne's the queen. Um, Henry makes all these decisions, but the thing is back then you can't trash the king. You have to trash the queen. Right. So they trash her. Yeah. Um, also, if you look into things, Anne was not um, trying to make their lives worse. She's trying to make them a lot better. I'll probably talk about that a little bit in the next episode. Uh, many of the Queen's subjects, especially the women, the women had this whole thing that if Queen Catherine could be put aside, I could be put aside yeah. too. So they hate Anne. They call her the goggle-eyed whore because, you know, her eyes are like the thing that anyone, everyone says is like the, one of the only attractive things about her. Um, this usurps the place of their much-loved Queen Catherine. So they don't like that. Abroad... In Catholic Europe, Anne's reputation was dismal. She was the subject of obscene propaganda, and she was frequently reviled as a war, a whore, can't talk again, an adulteress and a heretic. There would be few to champion this unpopular queen in her hour of need. Having thus so many, so great factions at home and abroad set loose by the distorted favor of the king and so few to show themselves for her, what could be, asked George Wyatt with mournful hindsight. What was other like, but all these lighting on her at once should prevail to overthrow her. And that's where we're going to leave you. Wow. She is surrounded by all sides. It's not a fun time for her. Why do I feel like that's a Tudor's episode? Honestly. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even know anymore. But yeah, it's like, no, checkmate is. Why is that so out of order? What? It's, I don't know, the way they have it, like, set up on Google is really weird. I would like everyone to go search up the tutors because the image that they have is so weird. 
Why? What the heck is Natalie wearing? Ew, that's really gross. It says King Takes Queen. And then it says the Tudors. Obsession can change the world. And it looks like he literally is going to kill her. I see. I mean, he is. But it's really gross. And it also looks completely CGI'd. Like, it looks like they took a random man and super, like, put Jonathan's face on his body. Yeah. Um, and then Natalie's just, like, spilling some wine He's on the ground. There. Pop off, my queen. In the picture that I have of them, her feet look so CGI'd. It's so funny. Her, like, her legs are, like, all, like, I don't know, chill. They're muscular, like, pop off. Did you do, like, your stair walker workouts? Good job. Um, but then her feet, they don't look like feet. Unless her feet, like, unless she, like, broken her right foot right before they took this picture and it's, like, incredibly swollen, I don't think that's her, like, real foot. I think they, like, altered it for some reason. And I don't know why. Um, <laughs> anyways, that's my thoughts that you didn't need to hear. But thank you for listening to um, this episode. It was This amazing. is just, like... <laughs> Every single time that I l- learn about her, I just really remind myself that I don't, w- I don't want to live in that no, time. No, but you still do. But, like, but I do, but like I don't. I just really want to go back in time. Okay, on like an Instagram live, someone asked Amy Helen Atkinson, um, what moment in history she'd want to go back to. And she said that she she would want to go somewhere Tudor times, but she wouldn't want to go witness an execution because that'd be too sad. She wanted when um, <laughs> Catherine Howard ran through like the um, the halls, like what they say at Hampton Court, screaming for Henry before she was like arrested. I feel like that's actually even uh, sadder, in my opinion, Amy. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but she wants to see what actually happened. What I want to go back in time and see is Anne's coronation because not enough people clapped. And I am very, very good at yelling really loud and cheering and clapping. That's what I do at cross country because I'm not a good runner. (laughs) So I clap for everyone and I like scream and it's great. So I'll go. I want to go back in time so I can be her number one hype woman. And then they'd like execute you for making an interruption. No, they wouldn't. They'd be like, oh my God, no one is clapping. Why is no one clapping? They'd be like, oh, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah, I would just like run. I would run after the carriage and scream for like a long time. I mean, I would. Because <laughs> family would be there. Papa. Yeah, True. we would be. We'd be like chilling with the Seymours, probably. Oh my god! <laughs> then I'd cry. Um, yeah, I think that everyone should just search up the Tudors and look at all of the pictures that they took to um <laughs> to promote them because they're all so funny. There's this one, and I'm looking at it right now, and it's got all of them. It's from season one. And they're all at, like, a table. Like, they're in, like, a feast. Um, And there's this random man in the background, <laughs> like, at the windows. Um, For some reason, 
Charles is like not looking at the camera, but like he's like blurred. Like it looks like he moved while they were taking the picture and he wasn't supposed to. Um, yeah. There's some other girl and I don't know who she is, but she's with Charles and Henry. Um, but I, I don't know who she is. And then Anne is like sitting kind of on Henry. Um, but Catherine is right next to her, just like sitting, staring at the camera, looking like she's like surprised, but not. I don't even know. And then Margaret. I don't even think that's a Margaret. I think it's someone they dressed up like Margaret. Um, she's like pretending to like throw a grape in the air, and I think that that's what Charles is supposed to be looking at. But oh. he's they're not like anywhere close to each other. And then there's this other one where they're, like, set up like they're at a dinner table and none of them are, like, looking at each other. (laughs) It's so funny. And there's just a random servant with a basket of bread. Oh. An icon. Can you imagine being in the promo photos as, like, a random extra? Just holding bread? Just holding bread? Yeah. Um, congrats to that man. That's probably a good spot to end it. Go search that up, guys. Um, (laughs) You can follow us on Instagram at, um, I literally almost just said at Recovering Blake Podcast because I've been listening to them nonstop, <laughs> um, at not so bloody Mary underscore podcast. Please DM us because we want honestly, friends. I need to talk to more people. I have a British friend. If she's listening, hi, British friend. Um, I don't know your name. I just know your username, <laughs> but she's my British friend. Um, she listens to yeah. our podcast? yeah dm us there um follow us on twitter if you want but nothing will happen um follow grace on tiktok because she's cool um at the lovely underscore bookworm right yeah do you remember yeah i see it all the time on my screen it's like burned into my brain 10k i thought you already were at 10k i'm at nine like point five Oh, I don't actually, like, look at how many followers you have. I just look when you post the videos about it. disappointment in your voice. I'm really disappointed, Grace. I thought you had, like, a million subscribers. I know. I thought you were famous. I know. What the heck? Now, now Carter is my most famous friend. I know. I feel so bad. I've disappointed Really disappointing. You. Really disappointing. Let you down. Um, follow me on TikTok, um, but I don't post there. You'll like so. your content more than mine if you like history. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Unless yeah, probably. you're my book friend, then hi. Um, it's at Anne Boleyn, six finger, six, like, the number six, but, like, six TH because we're bougie. So bougie. Um, follow, follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts and leave a review on Apple because it helps more people find us. And yeah. you can also find us on, like, SoundCloud and Stitcher and stuff. But if you're listening to that, why? I feel like if you're using that platform, why? <laughs> um, use one of the other platforms because they're cooler. Everyone, go drink water. Um, and you should also go search up those really dumb tutors promo pictures and laugh at them. Because you'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We want you all to stay safe, but also remember to don't um, follow the rules that your country has put in place. But also, like, if they aren't really enough, then you need to take more precautions sometimes. Yes, keep yourself so safe. So you can do that. Um, yeah. Wear your mask. If you, if you go to my school, wear your mask outside the school because I know that they didn't tell us that we are supposed to do that now. Oh, and, but old people are 
yeah, they didn't tell us. And now old people are getting mad that they're like, oh, the stupid teenagers. They literally didn't make an announcement or send out an email or anything. Oh, so that's not fair. That's weird. Um, yeah. It's called we just got a new principal and things are happening. Right. But, like, I don't think that's fair for the old people to get mad at us because we haven't been told. Yeah, I guess they just don't. Not to do it. They blame us for literally everything. Old people, please stop blaming us. We are trying our best. <laughs> things are really messed up right now. Um, but we hope that you have a really good rest of your whatever. Maybe. And um, go <laughs> tell someone that you love them because... You might just get executed. Just kidding. <laughs> you won't. But, like, just go hug, hug that can something. That quote. Go tell someone you love them. Because you might get executed. <laughs> yeah, that's our slogan. Um, peace out, home fries. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>